0: Thank you for tuning in to the Bits and Pieces podcast. Uh, I thought I'd start out this episode with a song that I just recently heard for the first time and I absolutely love. So, without further ado, here is I'm Writing a Novel by Father John Misty. Enjoy, everybody.
1: I ran down the road hands down to my knees screaming please come help me that Canadian shaman gave a little too much to me and I'm writing a novel because it's never been done before first house that I saw I wrote house up on the door and told the people who lived there they had to get than yours, and there's no time in the present, and there's a black dog on the bed. I went to the backyard to burn my only clothes, and the dog ran out and said, you can't turn nothing into nothing, this would be no more, well I'm no doctor. But that monkey might be right And if he is I'll be walking in my whole life I rode to Malibu On a dune buggy with Neil He said you're gonna have to drive. Young man, what was your name again? Now everywhere I go in West Hollywood Is filled with people pretending They don't see the actress And the actress wishing that they could way violet whips a hair that makes me empty my pockets on caught the corner on the 20s as if I was the man well I don't need any new friends, mama but I could really use something to do so if you're up for some time I swear you I could have sworn last night I passed out in my van, and now these guys are pawn one for me. I never leave the canyon. Cause I'm surrounded on all sides by people riding.
0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, you beautiful individuals. You're listening to the Bits and Pieces Podcast. This is Bobby, and um, I just thought I'd record a quick episode today. Um, Not really any specific topic. I've just had a bit of an interesting week, um, or a bit of an interesting last few weeks, I guess you could call it. It is now 2021, um, and uh, the date as of when I'm recording this is February 7th, Um, so uh, it's about 2.15 p.m. And uh, yeah, so I, I've just been, um, well, lately, I've been, since 2021 started, I've spent the past few weeks um, uh, trying to exercise a little more, which, I, honestly, going into it, I wasn't considering this to be any form of a New Year's resolution or anything. Um, I, uh, I That's not really the mindset that I had going into it. I just kind of started and then um, decided to continue because... Uh, just I don't know now now the idea of me skipping a night is um just doesn't feel good so I don't want to and it's been making me feel um a lot better I guess from a general standpoint um I feel like I have a lot of more mental energy if that makes sense like obviously I mean I feel better physically and actually actually look slightly better physically surprisingly enough after only a few weeks but um Definitely, I've noticed some uh, just, yeah, mental energy. I, I don't really know how to describe it other than that. You know, I feel just sort of uplifted, I guess you could call it. You know, my mood has been better. I, and not that it, it was even bad before. It just feels better. Um, it just It's nice to, uh, to be doing that. I, I've just been doing simple stuff, um, you, you know, with just cardio and a little bit of, like, you know, like weightlifting setups, just stuff in my basement. Um, I'm, uh, I do have a gym membership. I'm going to run over to the gym probably, uh, in a little bit here today, um, after I'm done recording this. Uh, and, um, yeah, so I've, I've just been, I've felt a lot better, um, since I've done that, which is really great. So, you know, I encourage, I mean, everybody encourages people to start exercising, but, um, uh, um, I guess you kind of have to you kind of just have to start, I guess, find the motivation in yourself. I mean, you can get it from exterior, like, you can get it from other places, you know, some video by, like, I don't know, some, like, YouTuber who's drawing on a whiteboard, a lot of little uh pictures to sort of animate what a motivational speaker is saying in the narration of the video you could watch something like that and you could feel very motivated and say to yourself tomorrow morning i'm going to the gym but you're not going to go to the gym and you're not if you do you're not going to keep going to the gym because um nothing tarnishes faster than um uh than motivation from an alternative source really, I've found at least, um, inspiration is a different thing, but motivation to exercise really just quickly diminishes, I've, I've found throughout my life, um, and so I, yeah, I just kind of realized, like, found my own reasons to want to do it, and, uh, that's kind of what's propelling me to continue doing it, so that feels really great, uh, it really does, it, uh, it really does, um, I got in, like, Oh my God, yeah, no, this was just an interesting, it was an odd weekend. I, I got into a little bit of a, a car accident, if you can even call it that. Um, me and my brother were driving around after um, getting some uh, some snacks and things at the grocery store, and we, we were making a turn on, um, on an intersection just the, through suburban streets. These were not like busy streets. We made a turn through an intersection and um, ended up barreling, like the car, I mean, it's snowy out, you know, the streets are covered in snow. And I mean, it snowed, like, I mean, there's like, probably a foot of snow about just about everywhere right now. Um, so obviously the streets aren't going to be in the best condition. And so we were, um, going to turn and kind of lost control of the car. Um, you know, same old story driving in the snow. And we were heading towards the a corner of a block, like the exact corner of a block, uh, you know, in this intersection, we were headed towards it, and the the um, blocks where I'm, where I live around uh, the corners have little, and I'm sure this is fitting for most of the suburbs. The corners have um, little uh, sort of like poles coming out of the ground to mark which streets, are you know, wh- which street you're on, basically, so you can just see the uh, the street indicators essentially. So we were headed towards one of those at a speed equal to that of, you know, how fast we had been driving up until that point. Um, This intersection we were going through, we were making, we were trying to make a turn, but there was no stop sign, so we didn't slow down. So we were going the same speed, which is a considerable speed, you know, like not, definitely not very slow towards this um, pole. And uh, we, so obviously the wheels turned all the way to the right in in an attempt because we can't slow down, turning is not working, but last minute, the car just turned just enough to just miss this pole by about one to two inches. I mean, insane luck that that must have, I mean, and the other, this car does not have airbags. This is a Honda Civic from like early 2000s, early 2000s no airbags would have uh not been fun not been fun at all uh but uh regardless we um we ended up in a pile of snow practically i mean we, the car was stuck <clears throat> the car was stuck so got out immediately trying to see what we can do in an attempt to push it out from the snow you know shifting it neutral i would have um i would i would have my brother you know get in the driver's seat start to reverse as i push and and nothing was working cars who would pass would ask if we needed help and eventually we got um we got about seven people probably in the end five to seven people helping us get this car out of there you know getting snow out from under it uh some of the police were there to help out just pushing and you know whatever And, and um we were able to get it out uh once we all uh everybody worked together as a team i think it definitely would have been hopeless if it was just me and my brother um but that's just whatever that's just kind of uh, the the kindness of people in in the in these suburbs uh, you know i i can i, I mean i i so, sometimes i'll me and or some of my friends will kind of shit on the suburbs a little bit um uh just from a general standpoint but I mean in reality there's there so many good aspects to you know living here and the people that are here I mean um the vast vast majority of the people here are very nice um just unconditionally nice it, it, it's crazy um like it, it's I mean everybody that we were in the line of vision of um didn't care about doing anything except helping us it was very it was very nice, no, uh, nice moment. Um, so that was really interesting. Uh, no real damage was done to the car. Uh, bumper kind of popped out of place, but we just kicked it back in. It didn't matter. It was very lucky, very very lucky. Would not be good if we crashed into that pole. Jesus. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess that's uh, that's pretty good. I guess that's pretty good. Um, and uh, what else? One of my uh, one of my really good friends last night took. Um, uh, tried psychedelics for them. had his first psychedelic experience um last night um and uh, whose name will be omitted but he said he had a really good uh, a really positive experience overall if he said it was very interesting very i mean he seemed to really have enjoyed it and and that that makes me very happy that he had such a good time he was talking about oh my gosh looking at his blank looking down at his blanket and seeing uh i mean i called him so he was just talking to me about these things like looking down at his blanket and seeing fract like infinite fractals and like looking up at his ceiling and all these little shapes and patterns like hieroglyphics emerging he at one point said that he saw the just a, a figure closely resembling the state of texas with the number 7 in it. And the number 7's font was resembling that of a um, an Ouija board. Very odd, uh, <laughs> very odd visuals he was talking about, but very, very interesting nonetheless, especially the hieroglyphics, because so, so many people report seeing hieroglyphics. I've never, I've never seen hier- hieroglyphics, much less, I, I mean, I've never had visuals as intense as he seems to have, have had last night. Um, but, uh, it's interesting. I find it interesting that a lot of people report seeing similar things like hieroglyphics for example. I, I, I don't know what that's all about. People will talk about seeing hieroglyphics who don't even know that it's a common thing to see. Why is that? Like, what What is it that makes I mean you could really dive into like why do we all seem to have these things in our brains that come out during psychedelic experiences? What what kind of coincidence is that you know i mean it's the it's the 21st century um and uh naturally i mean due to our just demographic and where we live we're not really um devoting much time to um studying or even thinking about hieroglyphics so uh it's very interesting, yeah. much like how a lot of people um, who have experiences with uh, with uh, uh, dimethyltryptamine, DMT will report um, some of their closed-eye visuals involving them um, sort of meeting or being with a, uh, a jaguar, and they don't know—and the jaguar is, like, not a scary thing, it's just, like, it's emitting only love in the purest sense— But they report, so many people report seeing jaguars or toads. Like, why? Now, some people think it might have a little bit to do with, um, with the, so there's a species of jaguars that live, I believe, in India. I believe, I believe they live in India, um, Who will? uh, And this species of jaguars lives in an area where there is this vine that they eat, um, and this vine is very high in dimethyltryptamine. Um, I mean, DMT actually is. It's a naturally. I mean, it is in so many things. It is in too many things. Naturally occurring things to count. It's in our bodies, or at least we know. Scientists have found out that it's in our lungs. It's speculated whether or not it's in our brains because it's in other species' brains, but um, it's in a lot of plants um, and yeah, a lot of animals too. But these jaguars, they will eat a um, they, they'll eat this vine, and it, it's it's a big sor- it's a source of food for them. You know, it's a pretty big source of food for them because it's so common in that area. But the vine is rich in dimethyltryptamine, so these jaguars will be seen lying on their back with like their paws up in the air and their eyes are just like oh my god like they're just in the depths of a psychedelic experience i mean as crazy as that sounds that's something i mean it's just insane but but a lot of people cannot help but wonder because that is i mean there aren't a lot of cases of like all sorts of different animals having these wild DMT experiences through the foods that they eat but these jaguars do they can digest this um, this plant or this vine um, and uh, they um, and they do and so people so there are a lot of people that cannot help but wonder whether or not people are somehow connecting with these jaguars who are having a similar experience at the same time How wild is that? And, and the toads, too. Some people, a lot of people, report seeing toads. Um, and a lot of people know that the, uh, nowadays at least, that the Bufo uh, alvarius toad, um, which uh, mainly lives in the uh, Sonoran Desert, is um, ha- has a venom that is rich in 5-MeO-DMT. And um, people people extract that that venom from the toads, in order to get 5-MeO-DMT, which is like um, regular DMT, um, NN-dimethyltryptamine, but 5-MeO, or 5-methoxy-dimethyltryptamine, is slightly different, and and it is much, much more potent and powerful, if you will, than the already wildly powerful um, NN-dimethyltryptamine. So 5-MeO-DMT is considered... I mean, universally, I think recognized as the most powerful, potent, strong psychedelic that you can um, uh, have an experience with, and so it was um, originally found in the venom. I, it was, I believe, it was originally found in the venom of this bufalavere's toad, um, and so, uh, so the so five meo DMT. I mean, you can you can synthesize it. Um, in a lab you can easily synthesize it in the lab and actually people are promoting that as an alternative people like people are by, by people I mean I, I mean I learned about this through um, a uh, a Hamilton Morris short documentary where um uh, he he mentioned or he, he was trying to spread the idea that we should not be extracting the venom from these toads because it's starting to kill them off and we should start synthesizing 5-MeO-DMT in labs if we want if if we're people are going to do it anyways, we might as well not disrupt the um, you know the natural ecosystem that the the, the toads inhabit. Um, but still, a lot of people say that uh, say that smoking the toad venom is much is different and better than um, uh, synthetic five meo DMT. Which is a lot of people also disagree with that and say like the synthesized version is 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 the same and completely fine. Um, so people are also speculating as to why the naturally occurring venom is, works, or it just is, uh, more sought after, and a lot of people say it's better. Some think that it's because it also, the venom also contains, um, a, a chemical called bufotinine. Um, some people think it might somehow react with the 5-MeO-DMT and do something different, um, you know, allow your brain to have a somewhat different experience. But, uh, but yeah, that that's a, um... A very, very interesting psychedelic that I've um, in only in recent months been uh, uh, learning about a little bit more, um, a, little in, a little more deeply. Uh, but it's very interesting nonetheless. And people will also, yes, um, report seeing visuals of toads. And so people can't help but wonder whether or not um, somehow these these toads who contain, you know, who have 5-MeO-DMT literally just in in their body it's their venom whether people speculate as to whether or not you are connecting with the um the universal consciousness of of life on earth and um connecting with these species it's very interesting very kind of creepy to some people just the idea of that sort of um you know telepathic communication something so supernatural that um That is, you know, widely thought to not be possible. But people even report it with the people that they are with when they have psychedelic experiences, or at least in higher doses of substances like psilocybin or LSD, or with regular doses of um, uh, the dimethyltryptamines, ayahuasca, people... Like especially with their um with their partners, you know, with their boyfriends, girlfriends, uh, husbands, wives, the people especially with them, people will report having literally, I mean, communicating with each other not in a nonverbal way that they cannot explain. and having very similar experiences, closed eye visuals, like people people will there are so many instances of people who go to ayahuasca ceremonies with somebody that they love reporting being with them in their own internal experience, even though they are not communicating to each other. They're both laying back with their eyes closed, but they are with each other, communicating with each other, and experiencing each other's presence in their own minds during the um, their own experiences. It happens to a lot of people. And, um, I mean, you could... Uh, I can't believe it for sure until I were to experience it. But it's an idea that I definitely entertain nonetheless because it's so interesting like if that's something that's really happening then I don't know that does I think that deserves some attention it's very interesting is all very it, it the world of psychedelic substances is, is a very very interesting world that I think should deserve more um more recognition from uh from. I don't know, respectable individuals, you know, it should be, I think this entire topic should be um, a, a respected topic that, you know, people, I, I you know, I, I'd like, I would love if there were to be a terminology shift where people started to refer to mushrooms as, like, psilocybe cubensis instead of shrooms or, like, even just mushrooms, you know, and, like, it's a tripping psychedelic experience, you know, just because... <sighs> over time I, you know you know, it's no secret that psychedelics have been demonized by um for generations now um and and there's just this sort of mental association that we attach to them with just like druggy teens and like low lives and people who really have nothing better to do people who are, who are just going crazy on their little drug frenzy that they constantly seem to be cycling through um uh, there's just that that association, and and with all the, with, with everything coming out about how beneficial they can be to people's lives and how they change and save people's lives and and just I mean everything. I think it should deserve some real real recognition um, for being more than just like a party drug. I think I could not like. N- these are, substances are the furthest things from party drugs. These are, like, literally, I mean, I, I am in agreement that it can sound pretty douchey to call them medicines or to call them plant medicines or what have you, but they really are um, having a, an effect similar to that of of, of a very, very um, miraculous medicine. <laughs> And that's what people see that's the experience that people seem to have with it um at least when they need um need medicine for some some issue in their when people need some sort of solution some sort of when people need insight into their own issues in order to find out how they can fix them this is a ticket to that accomplishment i mean this this is just people say that um Uh, that one, uh, like one heroic dose of mushrooms is like, like 20 years of therapy or something like, like there's a saying similar to that. Um, and, uh, because people will literally go through, uh, be in, in therapy or see a psychiatrist like constantly for decades and get more out of a powerful guided, mind you, um, dose of psychedelics um particularly with psilocybin at least for uh, mental health purposes but people also report um uh uh sort of uh, a sort of healing of their mental health or uh, gaining of insight into how they can heal their mental health through the use of lsd as well um, and obviously through you know the stronger stuff like ayahuasca and dmt um even though those ones work with uh, different receptors i believe um but uh, nonetheless, I mean these I think it deserves recognition. I really do. I, and I think it, it really is something that once we let go of the mental barrier that we all have towards them, I think that it can really help our um our society. And I don't think that everybody by any means should um should indulge in any of this necessarily. I, I, I don't think that it's a good idea to spread that a thought like that, because not everybody should. There are a lot of guidelines, and, I, and, and and anybody that wants to, I think, should do a lot of research beforehand, because that's how you can go about it in the safest way, at least in the current climate surrounding them. But uh, nonetheless, I think if everybody who is suitable to ha- safely have an experience with psilocybin for example or like sapo which is the toad venom like psychedelics like that if everybody had a powerful experience with one of these not that i know from experience because i've had very few experience experiences with psychedelics and it's only been with lysergic acid diethylamide um lsd thus far yet still from everything that i've heard through i mean literally hours of research i mean that's one of my and one of the topics I'm most interested by nowadays, um, psychedelics and film, literally, like, that is my... those are the topics I indulge in the most. Um, through these hours of research, I've found that if everybody were to have a, like, powerful experience like that, I think there would be... we would live in a much more... Um, much more cohesive world. I think people would have a much better understanding of each other and therefore treat each other much better. Not because... The they think they not because like they're being told to by anything but because they would want to and they would recognize the um the similarities between them and everybody everybody else that um that they're uh, that they live with in this this world this mysterious mysterious world i don't know what's more mysterious like i, I it people i mean if if you ever hear about um people reporting uh their experiences with being in the DMT realm um you'll you'll think to yourself like what a mysterious fucking place is this even a place what is this what a it's just this big mystery like is this where we go when we die is this occurring in our brains why are we all going to such a similar place and why do we all feel a sense of love acceptance and a sense of being home when we go there a, a, a feeling very similar to what people report with near-death experiences. Why is this happening? Is this the solution to what happens after we die? What's going on? What is this big mystery? That's what a lot of people think in regards to the DMT realm. But honestly, the idea of uh, this this world almost seems more mysterious in its nature to me. Because why this? Why spherical rock barreling through void a vacuum void with concentrations of different you know hydrogen and then gas clusters we call stars and all this i mean all this why this this is almost more mysterious in nature because why this the idea of the dmt realm almost seems more um less less of a mystery as to why that would be the experience that, that we all would share. Because one filled with pure love, acceptance, and, you know, that sense of being home, and just the deepest form of peace connected with this sort of web of consciousness, that seems like a much... I don't know, that seems like it would make more sense for just pure experience and what it entails rather than living out uh, you know here in this this more material world but regardless this material world is one that i am um, cannot uh, cannot help but appreciate for its in its own ways because it is extraordinarily beautiful extraordinarily beautiful i mean it's 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 really a, a gift enough to live here um, so uh I'm sorry if uh, any of this I I'm just trying to articulate my thoughts in the uh, best way possible here. I'm sorry if it's a little confusing it understandably could be confusing um very understandably so uh <laughs> I apologize for that but uh whatever you know I mean we got uh, rounded off at about 26 minutes here just thought I'd talk about that a little bit I'm uh, you know I mean I'm proud of Emmett for um, taking on his experience head on you know and 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 uh, and and you know, he seems to have enjoyed it. He meditated uh, before it uh, before it began, which I made sure to recommend to him because, as I mentioned in the last episode, meditating um, is the, in my opinion, through my own experience, is the best way so far that I'm aware of to enter these experiences is through meditation. So, um, Whatever. Hope you enjoyed your experience, Emmett. I know you did, and that's great. Thank you, everybody who listened to this, very much. Um, uh, thank you for tuning in to this episode. Let's see, is this episode 8 of the Bits and Pieces podcast? What is this? Let's go see. Because I'm actually kind of blanking. Is, is it the 7th? or No, it's either the 8th or ninth. Let's see. Oh, I'm, 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 like, trying to figure out something that you guys already know. Okay, this is the 8th. Yeah. So... Thank you for tuning in for the 8th episode of the Bits and Pieces Podcast. This is your humble host, Bobby. Enjoy this beautiful material world, everybody. And I am signing off. Goodbye.